0: Blob Talk Radio Souls on all levels and in all dimensions are on their own evolutionary journey. There is no end point, no specified timing, and no losers. Every soul goes through their own unique experiences, yet we all have much in common. The higher self's evolutionary perspective, then, builds bridges of understanding. Let's move the focus from division and conflict to acceptance and love of ourselves and others. Hey guys, it's Wednesday. My favorite day of the week, along with Saturday, my meetup days. Lots of exciting stuff. I love every moment. And today is a second part of the results show I want to give you more benefits both of my own and other people last week by the way the videoed part of the show did not work i if you remember there was a techno difficulty with the the camera and so i <laughs> i set it up really quickly and i filmed the whole thing with part of my head cut off. So I redid the show, and I did put in a benefit in that videotape that I did not have on the radio, the, the actual radio blog talk show. So I'm leaving that one out for the blog talk part. and But that's okay, because I'm going to be talking about a lot of benefits. You're not really losing out. You're going to hear a lot of benefits, because I've decided to extend the show from two parts with the results and the benefits to three parts. There's just so much to tell you, and I never know which one is going to touch you, which one is going to get you to say, any one of you to say, Oh, now that's interesting. I either have that issue myself, or I know somebody who does, or whatever. The more I give, the more it could inspire and encourage you to actually do this work. Now, I'm sure after listening to last week when I talked about the gym and that whole analogy that all of you have made the commitment to yourself to do this work on a regular basis. Well, actually, I don't believe that to be true, only because it's hard to start something new. And I just wanted to say, because it's been my experience, that when you start something new, it takes about three weeks of real motivation, real determination to push yourself to do something regularly over the, each of those three weeks. So, but once you get through the three weeks, it becomes easier and easier because you've developed the habit. You've developed the habit and you're starting to see results. So you might have to push yourself to go to the gym that first week three times and that second week three times. And that third week, you're beginning to get into the flow. And by the fourth week, it doesn't take near as much effort to, quote, unquote, make yourself go. So I just wanted to offer that idea or concept to you because I think many of you understand it. It's... It takes time to develop a habit to make it a lifestyle. So, again, I'm encouraging all of you, and that's why I am giving the results as more encouragement so you can understand there is real real results for everybody, real results. Okay, now, um, okay, so I just want to see where I am. Okay, now, <laughs> this is result is another one on myself. And maybe it's too much information. But you know what, we're all grown up here and I'm not gonna worry about it. But I can't remember if I've mentioned or not on this particular video show, but I did have, I was born with a congenital blue in my biliary tree. And I had a major surgery at age 13 and another major surgery, at age 26. Because the one at 13 didn't really completely fix the problem. So at 26, I had another one, and let me just tell you that my intestines do not lay inside the way everybody else does. They are kind of like an egg beater, hit them and mix them all up. Anyway, one of the side effects of that second surgery, which a, a doctor long ago told me, is constipation. And he was very empathetic and commiserating and very... Uh, supportive, and he said, "Look, you know, when the over-the-counter things don't seem to work for you anymore, please come to me. I'm going to help you." And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, back then, I was so shy still that I really didn't even—I I, I didn't even want to talk to him about it. But I came away with this belief system that I was stuck with this pro- problem because it was a byproduct of the surgery that I had to have, because I was pretty ill before the surgery. And so I just kind of accepted it as a belief. And I have a friend who has the same problem for different reasons. And so, and she doesn't live here. She lives back east. And so I would occasionally talk to her, and inevitably I would be complaining about the constipation, okay? So... At one point, I think maybe a year went by, because it wasn't like we talked all the time. She said to me, Janet, you have all the techniques and all the ability to heal yourself of this pattern. So, you know, I think you need to get to work and stop complaining. And I go, "Uh, okay, then. I mean, I was shocked, because back then... I just never realized that if something was gonna be a byproduct that I could change it in any way. And so what I did was, I just took it to heart and I said, well, I might as well try. Can it hurt? No. So I did. And I just worked on it several times a week. Now this is, oh gosh, this is a long time ago. I, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, a long time. So I. I just worked on it every week, and lo and behold, it did get better. It got better and better, and of course, the more you work on it, I mean, you work on it more because it's getting better. So by six months, and and I'm sorry it sounds like so long, but when you've had a problem for years, six months is really nothing, and you know you're going to have many more years to live, so if you can solve the problem, six months, who cares? It was about 60 to 70% better. And what I did was I kept working. I wasn't satisfied with 60 or 70%. I wanted it all gone, and I was determined. And believe it or not, guess what? Within a year, it was gone, and I have never had the problem since. Traveling occasionally, you know, the normal things that people have, but I was able to let go of my belief that I had to have this as a side effect, and I did the energetic work, and it was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff was part of that pattern, and I don't remember it all, but it was things like holding on, keeping, you know, stuck. I let go of beliefs and disbeliefs. I let go, you know, anything around that, you know, that I couldn't help myself, that I couldn't change, you know, all of that. And so it was very, very instructive and inspiring for me because I just found that I I wasn't limited. I knew I wasn't limited, which brings me to the next issue that I had, which was arthritis. Now, again, I don't know all, you know, exact timing of all these things because it was a long time ago, but there's arthritis in my family. We all have it. My mother has it. All of her daughters, I'm I'm actually um, her niece. I was adopted, and I can't remember if I mentioned that, but anyway, it's my family my My real mother died um, way before the arthritis would have hit. She died very young, so i don 't know if she would have had it, but it was really in the family on the mother's side. so I remember in my thirties, I think it was, was it my thirties i don't remember um, my hands started hurting, and i didn 't know what it was, and one day, my mother was visiting and I said to her, Mom, my hands are hurting so much. What the heck is it? Now, I have this theory that if you can't ask a doctor, ask a mother, especially one that has multiple kids, because they've gone through so many different illnesses and health issues that their children have gone through that they've learned a lot. And my mother really, she wasn't very scientific, but for some, some things she was just you know, the basic things. Oh, well, it's this, it's that. So I asked her and she held up her two hands and her two hands were deformed. They were just, you know, so arthritic. And I already knew they were very painful for her, but it was so arthritic. And she she just said, arthritis. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) completely shocked. I never thought about it. So you know, I got going and started working on it. And the first thing that happened was I had a chiropractor who did applied kinesiology. And he kept adjusting my neck. And eventually, after a couple times, he said, you know, these adjustments aren't working. I want to try something else. So he took some, some supplement. I didn't know what it was. And he, and he gave it to me. And he said, no, he, I didn't know what it was. It was glucosamine and chondroitin. But this is way back before anybody would heard of it. So he, he tested me for it, and he said, oh, yeah, you need this. So he gave me, at that time, there were two separate bottles, and I took it, and and my neck stopped, stopped mm-hmm. drinking. And I thought, oh, great, it's cured. So, because I didn't know even what it was. I didn't know anything about glucosamine and chondroitin, and this was pre-Google, guys. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't that easy to find out these things as it is today. So I stopped and my neck started hurting again. So I went back, got another couple bottles, and eventually I figured out that I had to stay on it. So I did, and so I stayed on glucosamine chondroitin. But at some point I realized, you know, I needed to work on it. Oh, I know what happened. I was reading, uh, I think it was People magazine, and I will never forget because, tell this article that I read, I didn't know what glucosamine chondroitin was for. I just had a neck ache. I I didn't know. And so I'm reading the article on some guy who had terrible, terrible arthritis and he discovered glucosamine chondroitin from a vet in England and he started taking it and his whole life changed because his his joints got better. Now, I don't know that it works for everybody and I'm not trying to toot any horn or anything. I'm just trying to say it said in the article he had arthritis and I went, oh my God, I mean I had arthritis in my neck too? I mean, you know, I was pretty naive back in those days. I'm still sort of naive, but not, not that much. Anyway, so I realized, and then I, I just said, okay, I got to get to work. And I, I did. And eventually, I was taking glucose and chondroitin for a couple, three, four years. I don't remember. And I got tired of taking supplements because at that time I was taking a lot of supplements, you know, for, for things I didn't even have, like treats you know, keep your vision, to keep you healthy. There were supplements to keep you healthy, and I was just taking a lot. At one point, I just said, okay, enough. And so I stopped taking supplements, and what happened was the pain in the neck and the pain in the hands never came back because during this time, I'm also working to neutralize whatever is causing it. I don't just stop because I'm not feeling it because I know, remember I talked about the Band-Aid earlier, some other show, prior show, I knew the Cocosamin was like a Band-Aid. It wasn't the cure. So I just kept working on it. And when I went off the supplement thinking, oh, it's just temporary, I'll have to go back on, I never did. I never have gotten the pain in my neck or my hands or anywhere else yes. And again, arthritis is, we have a genetic predisposition in our family and I have been able to completely neutralize that disease. Now, Once in a blue moon, I'll bang a finger or something, a knuckle of a finger on something, and maybe I get a flare-up, and I'm thinking, oh, that's sort of residual arthritis, and I work on it again, but I basically don't take anything at all for it, so there you go. Now, um, I don't know how many of you have read my second book, Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe, but in the last Section of that book I have a whole part on the relationship with my mother and I wanted to bring it up here because this work isn't only about the physical body it's about anything and everything you're unlimited I talk about the physical body because people tend to feel like there's nothing they can do if they have some genetic something or some uh, predisposition or the doctor or anyone who said oh you just have to live with it or whatever This really, it doesn't mean that if you do this work 100% of the time, it's going to change it. Because as I said many times, it's you at the soul level that's going to make that decision. But if you are consistently working on something, it is going to get better. Whether you can get 100% cure, I don't know. I can't guarantee it, and I would never. Sometimes the change will come very quickly. As I said, sometimes it takes a long time. And sometimes it's in between because we all have a bit of everything, but it comes from different directions and different degrees, different scenarios, different situations, different types of lives. And so I can't say for everyone, always or never, just higher self just don't say that. We're all such individuals. But there is a tremendous amount of hope, and that's what I want to give you. You may not be able to fix something, Maybe you can't fix some very, you know, you can't grow a, a limb. You've lost an arm or a leg. You can't grow that limb. But what you can do is you can feel much better and and accept that and who you are without that limb and find ways to be all that you are without, you know, anxiety or fear or a fear of rejection or, feeling limited, feeling less than. You can let go of all of that stuff. So there's a lot of benefit, a lot of benefit, a lot this work can give to you. Okay. Now, the, I'm going to, I'm going to go, well, I wasn't going to say this, but I am going to say this. Um, One of the greatest things that ever happened to me was when I got the copyright to Joan Culpepper's material. And, I never knew ahead of time she was going to die so young. So never occurred to me to work toward, well, I want to open those doors when she dies because she's close to death. Mm -mm. She died unexpectedly quite young and never did. But I want you to know that one of the most important things that the higher self told us to work on is one of the five most important things was the fear of commitment, the fear of commitment to the destiny. And when they told us that, I remember sitting in Joan's place, you know, hearing the higher self information, I'm thinking, oh, I don't have any fear of commitment to the destiny. I just can't wait, you know, I'm like, yes, let's go for it. And immediately after I thought that the higher self say, of course Joan is reflecting them, she said, they, they say, there are those of you in this room who don't think you have fear of the destiny, but you do. And the reason we do is because in so many of our past lives, we've been killed off, exiled, buried alive, tortured, imprisoned, starved at so many different things, burned at the stake for doing the destiny, for stepping outside of the box, of the, the narrow box that a lot of the cultures and the societies we were in had. I mean, you just look back to the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages on, on this planet, and you, you see there's very, very limited spiritual viewpoints in some ways, and so when you step out of the box, it, it feels threatening to the spiritual authorities and along those lives back then. Now it's different. We can be psychic. We can be a healer. We can be, we can talk about, you know, the fifth dimension and not be tortured or jailed or exiled. Excuse me. So they said we don't have the memory, of course, of those lives in this life. So that's why we don't think we have fear of commitment. So anyway, I worked on that fear of commitment and any of the, Any of the patterns that were similar or attached, like self-doubt or, uh, you know, being inarticulate, all of those kind of things, I worked on that. And I feel so strongly when Joan died, her daughter didn't think twice to allowing me to have the copyright to her material. She didn't blink an eyelash. And I thought about it later, and I thought, wow, how lucky was that? Now, in some ways, the circumstances looked like I was the obvious choice, but the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, I really cleared the way. She might have taken weeks or months to decide. She may have just said, you know, I want my mother's information to just be in the silence or whatever. She, so, you know, I never, you never know. But that was life-changing for me. Just absolutely life-changing, So, because I thought that Joan's legacy was so huge, I wanted to pay it forward. It had given me so much. So anyway, that, even though I don't have a direct thing on that, I wanted you to know about that, because this fear of commitment, or to the wise, everybody needs to work on that. Because we do all have a big destiny. We all have big reasons to be here. And each individual has made their own decision. And each destiny is going to look different from everybody else's. But it doesn't mean that because we're fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature, it doesn't mean that we don't have something really important to share with the world to help with humanities and the other three lower kingdoms, animal plant and mineral kingdom. We We have a lot to do, and now is the time for us to pave the way, work on ourselves first because we can't, I think I said this before, you can't save a drowning man if you don't know how to swim. So we're in the process of learning to swim. We're in the process of healing ourselves, and that's why I'm giving you these results so you're motivated to do just that. When we cooperate with the energy, things go a lot more smoothly, and they're accelerated. accelerated. Okay? Now, I took a lot of years to do all these things, remember, because I had no clue, and there wasn't somebody leading the way. Joan heard the information the first time, the same time I did and everybody else in the group did. She didn't have years of practice to share with the group, years of experience with it. I feel that I came in and decided to get the information early to have those years so that I had the ability to experientially know what I'm talking about. And I'm sharing with you as as much as I can in these short shows. So, okay, now I'm going to go to others. And you may think this is not an other person. It is, but it's my daughter. My daughter is Heather, and she, I want to tell you the story about Heather because it's, it's really phenomenal and it really is inspirational. Now, when Heather came in, she was, um, in some ways, she was an easy child like the first year. And then then things started to shift, and she became uh, more and more, you know, like terrible twos, but a little bit more extreme. And she'd have these phases where she'd be this incredible kid. We'd have so much fun. We'd do a lot together for three, four weeks. And then it's like there was this big shift, and for the next three or four weeks, I didn't recognize her. She would be like terrible twos, but just really I couldn't communicate with her. I couldn't connect with her. Um, She had difficulties connecting with others, Um, extremely smart, but just really hard. And I was a single parent, and I didn't know what to do. So when she was about seven, I decided to take her to a child therapist because at the time I I really didn't know. Now, oh, wait. I did, when Heather was three, I went to Joan, and I had a reading on Heather, and she said, Heather has an extreme rejection pattern, extreme, extreme. She carries something at the soul level. She's also fifth dimensional with the dual soul nature, and she carries something at that fifth dimensional level that's called the unlimited uh, totality aspect. So in essence, that energy that she's carrying carries something for everybody. There's something there for everyone. Now, for me, just so you know, I carry something called the creative life force energy. And that is the main energy I carry, or I did when I came in. I think we're all on the totality uh, aspect right now. But at the time, it, Heather, and they said she and others like her who chose that totality aspect has such a severe rejection pattern that they they took on uh, over the eons of life a guardian and you have been her guardian for eons of life and I'm like I'm thinking to myself, Oh great, you know, I'm just a you know, glorified babysitter <laughs> is what I thought. And immediately the higher self said, No, um, you are you wouldn't have taken the job on if you weren't someone who carried uh, I can't remember how they termed it, but something something equal. So so that, you know, made me feel better. <laughs> anyway, so, and I wasn't was her mother. I've been friends, you know, colleagues, siblings, father. I've been all over the map with her. So we came in with a lot of long-term relationship issues together. Anyway, Joan said in that reading that, John, that Heather, because of this extreme rejection pattern, she wouldn't finish high school. And yet she would become famous in three different arenas. I think one was songwriting, one was a famous psychic, and one was astrophysics. And I'm like, she didn't feel, she's not going to finish high school and she's going to become this astrophysics wonderkind? So I'm like, okay then. But I just couldn't relate to it because she was my daughter and I know how I am. And I just couldn't think that there wouldn't be some way that I could connect with her Oh, and then she also said that she would have a lot of abusive relationships with guys when she got older, and I'm like, but eventually she'd find a good guy in her late 20s or something, or early 30s, I don't remember. So anyway, when she was about seven, I decided to go to that child psychologist, and we went once a week for an hour each time, and, oh, I'm about to run out of time, and um, The way it worked is she'd have 20 minutes with me, 20 minutes with Heather, and 20 minutes together. And we did that for a year and a half. And I never saw any change in Heather. She still had good weeks and and really tough weeks. It was, you know, still the same. And one day, I was working at this point. Joan had left town. and was working with my friend Lynn. And one day I said to Lynn, do you think we could work on Heather? Now, I want you to understand (laughs) that we had worked on other people, but they'd all come to sit with us. This was the first time that we were going to work on somebody that wasn't there. I knew some vague way it was possible, but I really didn't have a clue. Of course, I do that all the time now, it's just second nature. But at the time, it was new. So my friend, who was a little more experienced than I was, quite a lot more experienced, said, well, yeah, sure. So we worked on Heather, and there were a lot of, Oh, just these dark, dark stuff that she released. And at that point, I couldn't see anything, but my friend Lynn saw it all. And she said, oh, my God, there's so much more. Well, I didn't think about it. You know, we finished it. And I thought, oh, good. Well, you know, let's see what happens. And the next week when we went to the therapist, it just happened that she'd asked Heather to come in first for the first 20 minutes. And then she asked me. And I do want to just say that she gave me a lot of help. I never saw any change of Heather. But she did give me a lot of help because she gave me a lot of insights, a lot of techniques, a lot of tools, a lot of uh, perspectives that really did help me. That's why I kept going and I kept thinking, well, at least when Heather's a teenager, she'll have someone she can talk to when she refuses to talk to me about anything. But anyway, so Heather goes first. Then I go. And the, the therapist couldn't shut the door fast enough. And she just looked and she said, oh, my God, there was such a major breakthrough. You can't believe it. She said, I have all these here puppets and drawing materials and a dollhouse and all sorts of things and she's never ever let me use them because she's always doing gymnastics rolling and cartwheeling and somersaulting all around she was very big into gymnastics and she never would allow me to reach her to in any way and she said today we did puppets we did drawing we did all these things and oh my gosh wow And I'm standing there like a deer in headlights because I'm then clicking in. Oh, yeah, I did that work with Lynn. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I never said anything to the therapist, but I didn't end up going back to her more than maybe three or four weeks. And things did progress with Heather, and I continued to work on Heather with Lynn. And I realized it was really the energetic work that was helping Heather. And so I didn't continue to go to the therapist. So it was unbelievable. And Heather did finish high school very well. She uh, actually took physics in high school, AC, AP exams, even one. She just learned from a tutor because she wanted to learn it, and she took the AP exam in it and got a four out of five. She, So it made sense that the astrophysicist kind of thing could have happened. She went to college. She's a doctor now. So she's she and she never had an abusive relationship. She had a number of relationships but some weren't 100% great but they weren't abusive and now she's married to an incredibly wonderful guy. So it is independent observation from this really nice, wonderful uh, child therapist that the energetic work helps. Now, there's like one minute left, so I'm just going to say if you, need, if you have any questions, you have any comments, you want to reach out to me for any reason, Richmond at gmail.com. Please contact me. I'm really open. I will respond. Um, I'm good with the communication. And Next week, I will continue. I have more people to talk to you about. And gosh, I might even extend it one more week. <laughs> it just, it's just so exciting. I'm picking from hundreds, literally. I'm trying to pick from so many great results. You're, we're so unlimited, guys. We have so much that we can do to help ourselves, to help others. That Anyway... The situation with my mom, she didn't have – anyway, I won't go into that. I just tell you I love you. I love the show, and I really, really am looking forward to next week. I hope you all have – anybody from the States that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, week and have a special time with your families, and if you get some time off, you know, great. Anyway, and with that, I am going to say goodbye until next week. Janet is a catalytic artist, an award-winning author, a radio show host, and a healer. You can find her on her website, HigherSelfVoice.com, also on Amazon, Kindle, Facebook, YouTube, and on the podcast app on your smartphone. To reach her with questions or for a healing session, her email address is Richmond at gmail.com.